0: Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Thanks so much for joining me. I have a special episode for you. I was on Austin Peterson's Wake Up America show and he let me basically monologue. I think he got in like three questions. But, you know, I I love doing interviews on other shows because sometimes I get to expand on my overall philosophy in a way that I don't often do here, which I really need to start doing more of and, and will. So uh, check it out. We talk a lot about principles and critiquing culture. It's uh, It was kicked off by Matt Walsh's hack. And uh, the turn of the Daily Wire is they start to really focus more on what they're against than what they're for. And it is my articulation of how important it is to use principles critiquing culture critiquing politics is incredibly important and necessary and yet it still needs to be rooted in something fundamental and basic principles so we talk a little bit about that it's a fascinating conversation i was great on the show austin loved me i think you'll hear that I want to thank our patreon members thank you so much uh, especially our 100 dollars a month members Vincent Peichel, Lars Nordskog, Jakey Dell, Matthew Durbin, Reinhold, Christy Avery, and Jason Doolittle. You guys are awesome and I appreciate you so much. So without further ado, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Austin Peterson. Go check him out at YouTube slash youtube.com slash A P for the number for Liberty.
1: Dan- Speaking of good women, Daniela Pensack will be joining me this morning at 8:30 a.m. Central Time to talk about a lot of weird gay stuff happening in the uber-conservative right. <laughs> it's going to be a wild show, so let's get it started with one of the best guests out there, one of the best talk show hosts, in my opinion. His name is Chris Spangle of the We Are Libertarians podcast and now the Chris Spangle Show. Good morning, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us today.
0: Austin, thanks for having me. I, you've been around in politics a long time. It seems like there's been a lot of weird gay stuff in the conservative movement for a long time. It just gets weird. Has
1: and it. That's what. Remember who was the the disabled uh, guy and the the guy in the wheelchair that got kicked out of Congress recently? And, he, and he's and everybody turned against him because he said there were Republican cocaine orgies happening. <laughs> Mason like, Rothorn. Yeah, yeah, Madison Cawthard, yeah, yeah, and I was just like, yeah, that sounds about like what my life was like when I lived in D.C. Republican cocaine,
0: <laughs> just stand next to the urinal with your foot tapping, and Ted Haggard. I don't, I don't know. It's just the every generation forgets what happened in the last generation, but us old timers remember.
1: I know, I know. People are always shocked whenever like major conservative activists come out and is like, oh yeah, I've been messaging little boys for the last like twenty years, you know, it's like, <laughs> Chris. I brought you on here to talk about a different conservative actress. There's no way there's any gay stuff in Matt Walsh's emails. No <laughs>
0: way. <laughs> he, he does. I don't know. I The only time I see anything regarding trans people is from the Daily Wire. So I'm just I don't know what's going on over there, but it's become like a, uh, a trans fan page. Yeah,
1: no kidding. It's every day because I'm subscribed to a lot of conservatives, right? I'm in, you know, in the Republican Party now, so most of my people I caucus with are Repub- you know, conservatives. Right. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, they just – I don't know. It's the weirdest time in politics ever. I thought the Trump years were weird, but somehow the <laughs> Biden years have gotten even weirder.
0: Well, it's, it's like a late-stage Trumpism has matured on the right, and then – the left is leaderless because Joe Biden can't put a coherent sentence together. So it's, it's Boy, that's you know, a great analysis. It's crazy. great
1: analysis, right on the money. Let's give Chris an applause for that one. Good morning. Welcome to the wake up America show. If you're just tuning in, you probably just heard a lot of weird stuff that we were talking about. <laughs> Usually I wait until a little bit later in the program to hit the PG 13, but we'll go ahead and hit it right off the bat. Um, Daily wires, Matt Walsh doxed your take on this yesterday. It kind of inspired a tweet that I just posted a few minutes ago. This is when I said, people are always eager to declare war, and then most of them get real upset when war shit gets done to them. Is that the situation here?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, in full disclosure, I used to be a huge Ben Shapiro fan, and and especially when The Daily Wire started, I listened to Ben Shapiro every day. And then I found myself being sad all the time and angry all the time, so I stopped listening to Ben Shapiro and my life got a lot better. I think he's a gifted broadcaster. He can get more in one hour than most. But I think the people that he hires that make up The Daily Wire largely have become grotesque. And The Daily Wire is morphing into, like, this weird Gnostic Christian, like, thing where the gospel has become drinking leftist tears. Like, it was cute when it was a mug, but it's become their broadcast strategy. And, you know, I... Without caveat, there is no but after this. Doxing, hacking has zero place in a free society and open discussion. It shouldn't have happened to Matt Walsh. It shouldn't happen to anyone on the left, the right, the center, whatever. There's no but after that. Um, there. That being said, uh, which is, I guess, a fancy way to say but, there are trade-offs. Like We are libertarians and free marketeers. There's always going to be trade, trade-offs. So if your media brand is poking and prodding and inflaming, you can't be surprised when there are consequences for that actions. So I really found it strange when Jeremy Boring had like this long thread about how they're mad about the consequences of somebody who is a left-leaning person like invading Matt Walsh's stuff. Like, what did you think was going to happen? His entire career has been trying to troll the left and... I mean, I don't like Matt Walsh because as a gospel-believing Christian, I I find a lot of his stuff to be lacking in all the good parts of the gospel, and he focuses on all the bad parts of what the Bible says, and here's how people are bad. And I think he's a, he's a poor model for people. So um, I don't think we're going to find anything surprising in there. Like, the most surprising thing that came out of the hack was uh, him saying – Uh, that he didn't think that news, cable news and talk radio was worth it, talk about shrinking market shares, quote, unquote, uh, and says, there's certainly plenty of money to be made when you can get millions of hits online. And I'm a capitalist and I have a family, so I've decided to start getting serious about that. That was to Steven Crowder years ago. Well, who didn't kind of look at Matt Walsh and go, his entire persona is designed to get hits. So... I don't know. You 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 walk around talking trash to the biggest room in the dude, and then you get surprised when he punches you in the face. That's the trade off.
1: Yeah. No, I think you make sense. I mean, you know. So, you, do you think Matt Walsh is a bully?
0: Um, I like. I think Candace Owens is definitely a bully. I think Matt Walsh has. Um, I don't consume enough of his content to say yes. I think he uh, he has found a vein that helps him get views, and he keeps he keeps tapping that button. He's like the the it's serotonin mouse.
1: The rage, you know, there's it's it's constant right wing rage, uh, you know, anger and hatred, and you know, uh, uh, I don't want to get into a theological discussion, but I'll just say that I where's the love in the Christian doctrine? Where's the forgiveness? Where's the peace? you know where you know I, I always remember when i went to church that you would see the 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 cross with the doves and the olive branches behind it and and that was something that i very much identify with there's a time for war there's a time for fighting there's a time to to own the left there's a time for liberal tears but when your entire persona is consumed with rage and hatred and disdain and with bile I just I don't identify with that. Yeah. you know I I guess maybe it's why I do a morning show. I'm more of a sunny, bright, happy person. But uh, yeah, we also wh- where's don't, the f- yeah? It's,
0: it comes down to the fruits, and it comes down to the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus talks about the speck in your own eye and the plank in the other. Um, you know, I I hosted a podcast with a friend in 2012 called Creating Maya, where my best friend said I'm becoming trans, and I said let's do a podcast about it. Like it was. You know, And I never agreed with their decision, but I wanted to understand their decision and um, talk with them through that and encourage them in other ways, uh, and, and it was very difficult. Um, but I think you have to meet people with love and grace, and um, we on the Christian right have made a special sect, a, a special class of sin for sexuality issues, and I think it's been a response— to the last 50 years of the sexual revolution where we have taken away God's design for sexuality. And instead of kind of crafting a better vision or offering a better alternative, everybody kind of acts like a a SWAT team. We've got to get in there, neutralize it, let's be Michael Knowles and cancel this ideology and, and outlaw this. And and that doesn't actually work. I mean, we know we saw that with the Christian right in the previous generation with uh, gay marriage. All it does is push people towards uh, the sympathetic side because you're not offering a better alternative. You're offering more violence, and people will react to that appropriately and go, "Look, this is this is not what I'm looking for." So yeah, I think there. Um, when I look at the Daily Wire's content, I don't see. I, I don't. I mean, they offer Exodus and Jordan Peterson and and all this sort of, you know, but when I get a, I mean, I think the best was summarized recently. I got a push notification, uh, no, it was Ben Shapiro's podcast feed, offering me shocking biblical secrets as described by Ben Shapiro, the Orthodox Jewish man, and uh, Russell Brand, the New Age spiritualist. Like, that to me is Gnosticism. That's, I'm not looking for biblical truths from the two of them, so... I think they're offering something that is cynically appealing to the Christian right, but not actually offering them some, something of substance. And I think the own the left lib tiers, it, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't help. It, it isn't interesting to me in the slightest.
1: At least he's uh, like trying to uh, help you embrace a portion of your views. The other day, I realized that I am antithetical to liberty. I mean, he's he said atheists, but I mean, agnostics are functionally atheists, right? Because right. you know, it's not like I wor- I don't worship anything, right. So so he said he was making this uh, claim about how, you know, we are the problem in society, we are the the cause of moral degradation. You know, possibly you agree with him to a certain extent about that. But I did think it was fascinating, you know, so many secularists have contributed to libertarian ideals in this country, you know, were constantly stomped on and squashed and pushed to the side that I just, again, it was this, you know, this rage, this anger, this othering, if you will, right? It's, It's this desire to other, rather than sort of embrace, let's build a coalition of people who agree with us on policy ideas. No, 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 you have to agree with me also on the theological ideas as well, or else you're an other right you're yeah. another and and it, it's a failure to separate church and state and you don't if you can't do that in your mind you certainly can't do it in policy
0: yeah i mean there's the, the othering happens on all sides right like there's uh, i don't know if if you if you believe that trans people are mentally ill and then your entire program is beating up and mocking trans people what does that say about you and your character right? Like you're othering these people for your own political and financial gain. Well, that doesn't make you morally better or morally superior than someone that spends all of their time othering conservatives and trying to ban them off of platforms. I think, you know, part of this story is Elon Musk banning the Wired reporter for reporting on this story. And I think the the, the, the Elon Musk Twitter microcosm of like it – I was really hopeful of... Hold on, hold on.
1: Pause for just a moment, Chris, because I want to make sure we set this up correctly. This is a big topic for sure. Uh, And I want to make sure I reset here because I know some people are just tuning in. Good morning. Welcome to the Wake Up America show. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. Grateful to have you here as a viewer over on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, Twitch, and used to be Twitter until Elon Musk took away our live streaming ability. Who knows what's going to happen over there. Uh, You can text the show at 573 319 1586 that's 573 319 1586 make sure to click that like button smash that like button if you're watching us over on Rumble Facebook or on YouTube all right uh so big story this was the one that uh Chris I think was most interested in was the the his disappointment not in Matt Walsh which I think you know his expectations were never that high uh but in Elon Musk in the many ways he has disappointed him apparently the reporter that reported on the Matt Walsh hack got banned permanently from twitter what's this
0: yeah so his name is del cameron he's a wired reporter and he put out a tweet saying hey if you're the person that did this hit me up and he wrote an article on wired uh on april 19th called the hacker who hijacked matt walsh's twitter was just bored and i I mean the person that hacked this uh he goes by doomed uh he never names the person uh Weirdly didn't dox the person. <laughs> Maybe should have as as a journalist. Um he's Doomed is just uh insufferable. It, it, when you read this article, but he basically got proof that this was the person that hacked him and he cloned Matt Walsh's SIM card and used two-factor authentication to get into all of Matt Walsh's stuff. And so Twitter suspended the reporter on Twitter for violating their terms of service for tweeting out hacked materials. This is the exact same uh, standards and policy that was used to ban the New York Post's account right before the election for tweeting out all of the different um, Hunter Biden information, right? So Elon Musk is applying that standard here, and that's their policy. He has every right to do it. But he also didn't like ban journalists for reporting on the the hacker that just leaked all the Pentagon secrets, right? It, the The problem with Elon Musk's Twitter is that it is the same as the old Twitter. He he continually kind of just makes these fiat going by the gut decisions, and I think it was it was. Um, Wishful thinking to say that Elon Musk could be the Deus Ex Machina to come in and save us all, and would be a free speech advocate. And in his time, I mean, if we're,
1: if we're wishing, if we're wishing, Chris, it's probably because we're desperate. I yeah. mean, you have to understand. Like we we've had we've had uh, Trump was probably the closest thing that we had to somebody who was willing to stand between us and and leftist authoritarianism. Uh, especially on social media. And, you know, I don't agree with the push to regulate social media or anything like that. But, I mean, just like the time, I remember it was years ago when I got banned from social media. You were one of the first and maybe the only at the time libertarians to actually come out and support me because I fought back against Facebook. And and I wasn't a little bitch. You know, I didn't go, but I didn't go to my representative or my congressman or anything like that. I mobilized an army and using, I mean, what I would call real democracy, fought back and got my account reinstated. So I mean, I think people are looking for warriors against big tech in that in that way. I was, you know, much smaller than Trump, but I think, you know, people rightfully looked at Elon Musk to to take that fight to where it's come for the censorship that's come from the left. I mean, it's really a taste of their own medicine. I mean, just like earlier with Matt Walsh, they talk shit, now they're getting hit.
0: Well this this is the fundamental point of this entire interview for me and and really what I'm I'm thinking a lot about lately. Is It is perfectly valid to critique culture. It is perfectly valid to critique politics. It's perfectly valid to critique the other side. But there has to be – by what standard are you critiquing? There has to be a fundamental set of principles that you're using to critique. And Elon Musk promised to use unfettered free speech. He was – you know, he – there's a Twitter uh, post in there where he criticized Twitter for banning the New York Post before that. He was exactly right. They shouldn't have banned the Hunter Biden story. He he shouldn't have banned this Wired reporter because the principle is free speech. The principle is, you know, narrowly crafted. That's why I like Substack, uh, which Elon Musk banned. Substack is willing to uh, allow a lot. Like Robert Malone, the um, anti-vax doctor that a lot of the audience may be familiar with, has a Substack. They don't regulate him. They don't tell him what to do. They have defended their decision to keep him on the platform. He has every right to speak, and we have every right to take in that information and then decide if that information is worthy or not of of being acted upon in our own lives. That's part of open speech. So their principles are rock solid, um, you know. But Elon Musk has a little bit of a of a you know a Jack Dorsey in him where. I'm getting pressure, so I'm going to change my mind on this or that. and And he just doesn't seem to be rooted in principles in the same way. But I think people hearing that disagree with me because they feel he's on their side in the culture wars. Well, being on your team is not the same thing as being principled. And that's really where the right, the left, everybody in the Trump years has kind of gone wacky, is that they've lost sight of what are these principles, the morals, the values that – really shaped the guy
1: the guy voted for joe biden so i mean you gotta (laughs) understand where where he's coming from but it's it's kind of like with christianity where if you were saved your whole life when you're a little child and then you continue to spread the gospel and you're a good christian your whole life you'll get a pat on the head at your local church and you know and maybe they'll let you lead the the youth ministry. but if you're a former Hell's angel and you may have murdered two or three people and you've been sex drugs and rock and roll your whole life and then you suddenly convert to Christianity, who are they going to bring up onto the stage and give all the attention to and <laughs> and shower all the love and attention they're gonna it's the convert it's not the true believers
0: yeah no for sure I mean the right has always had that problem, right like I don't know why Twitter sends me an email every day with uh, Chuck Woolery tweets, but you know conservatives look and they go, "Ooh, we got a celebrity <laughs> on our side like Chuck yeah. Woolery, <laughs> Chuck Norris." You know, I remember going yeah. to CPAC in 2003, and there'd be these like B-level celebrities, you know, that and there, that was always that's always like a thing on the right is because there there hasn't been a well-articulated culture on the right um, that. You've sort of allowed the televangelists to spring up as opposed to the people with solid doctrine, because the people with solid doctrine, Wayne Grudem in the Christian world, is not as exciting as Benny Hinn, right? Like, and so I look at the Daily Wire folks, and they're kind of televangelists, and they tickle our ears and they tell us what we want to hear, and that's sort of entertaining, but that doesn't mean that they're building a culture that is sustainable. In fact, it's not. It's it's why Matt Walsh gets banned. And and it's not kind of offering a better vision. So I'm not I'm not saying there's a third way. I'm saying there is a principled way that I think we can build a healthier right based on actual principles that sort of rejects the team playing. Um, I, I haven't figured that out yet. That's something that I'm I'm really like thinking through. You know, as I uh, you know in Christianity, there's deconstruction and reconstruction. COVID really made me deconstruct. January 6th made me really go, like, all right, am I a libertarian? Like, what do I really believe? Like, what am I really contributing to? And what kind of culture do I want to see? But yeah, you you have an unhealthy right because unhealthy people are leading it. And they have no, you know, it's it's what people want, right? The National Enquirer is popular because people buy it. Um, so it, it really matters that what we um, – uh, my my daughter just woke up in uh, her uh, snow white dress so sorry i got thrown off yeah, there that's often. okay
1: bat bat boy endorses trump news at 11 <laughs> if you're just tuning into the wake up america show i'm speaking to chris spangle he is the host of the chris spangle show and we are libertarians um chris this conversation has been fantastic man this is the kind of stuff i love to have the kind of discussions i love to have in my podcast it's so rare to find somebody who is embedded uh in, in the liberty movement or ha- has been in such a way such as i have uh and, and can give this you know a really good perspective on the big picture these daily events this is great stuff um do, your daughter just woke up do you do you have a couple more minutes to yeah, chat yeah. or i, I sent you... her
0: to mommy she said i put okay, my pants <laughs> she said i pooped my pants and i said go find your mom <laughs>
1: uh, chris you uh said that january 6 impacted your views on whether or not you were a libertarian how so
0: not, not on whether I'm a libertarian. My principles are rock solid, right? Uh, I, I think I haven't changed at all. I think the movement has changed a lot. Uh, and I looked at January 6th. I mean, I know what everybody and, and probably in your audience feels about it. But I remember seeing with my own eyes what happened. Uh, and... I think there were many different pieces to that, right? It was a lot like the Tea Party, right? I was a big Tea Party guy. I helped found the Indiana Tea Party. I was at the founding meetings because I worked for the State Libertarian Party at the time. And there were a lot of values there that I think were really important, like lowering taxes, increasing individual freedom. And I think a lot of the people who showed up to the January 6th rallies had that kind of spirit in mind. They... they, want to protect democracy they want to lower taxes they want a freer society um even i i may disagree with a lot of them uh but i think there were a lot of people like the guy with the zip ties for instance who's that guy and why was he never arrested um that were you know violent and created a violent uh situation uh that de- that that really doesn't respect the rule of law And then there were the people like the dude who were just strolling through the Capitol on a look-see and then were locking them up for no reason. Like, you know, it wasn't surprising Tucker Tucker – Tucker got all this video, but he had one video of the guy walking around with the cops, and, like, we all knew that already. So I don't know how that somehow blew the narrative apart. But, you know, for me, January 6th was a moment where I had to look at it and go, all right, I've been fairly populist as a libertarian, and that's because I'm not – Uh, like, I've read all the books that you're supposed to read as a libertarian, but, like, am I really rooted in these principles? Or am I just kind of opposing a side and opposing the government, right? Like, what do I really believe? And, you know, how is that contributing to the breakdown of the rule of law? Because the alternative to the rule of law is the rule of man. It's two sides fighting for the gun to point at my head. So it's either a Hungarian Orban-style DeSantis Trump authoritarian right, or it is a socialist, let's lock you in your homes for two years left. And neither of those are appealing alternatives. And you know what I what I, I live in a great city in Indianapolis that has a healthy, strong, thriving civil sector. And I think that's something that libertarians have lost sight of that I've talked a lot about over the last two or three years. Um, Not been my most popular era in podcasting as a result, but I think it's incredibly important because the Ayn Rand libertarians look at business and profit as the way to achieve a better, freer society. Um, A lot of maybe your more Misesian libertarians look at the government and say we're just going to oppose – if the government says yay, we're going to say nay. And you know the left looks at the government as uh theft and and force as the tool for social change but what where can we build community and find common ground and where can we use compassion as the tool as the driver for social change and that's in that third sector of an important healthy thriving society and that's nonprofits that's churches that's healthy communities that's strong families that's really the path forward it's not using force it's not using profit it's using compassion to really make community change. And that for me was the outgrowth of January 6th is thinking about m- my memes and what I say and what am I opposing? What am I for? And, and you know, it's just sort of like, oh yeah, well, I, why wouldn't we hang Nancy Pelosi? Why wouldn't we hang Mike Pence? That's sort of the end goal of just being opposition, right? You've got to be for something. You've got to be... One of the, yeah, yeah. You know, over the
1: years, like you, I've I've reevaluated my my beliefs in certain things and started to question what it is I really believe. You know why I believe it. I'm um, I'm the type of person who constantly reevaluates you know what why I am believing in some idea uh, and go, kind of goes back to the well and and always retreats to first principles in order to ensure that I'm being logically consistent. Uh, and I'll say this: you know, some of the ideas that I think you know libertarians try and uh, embody, I used to identify with that I don't necessarily so much anymore. Um, secession is a, a an example. For for a long time, I thought that that was probably a viable solution. Now I really, I not only do I not think it's viable, I actually think it would probably result in less liberty overall. Right? I've I've taken a sort of a less doctrinal view of liberty and look at it more of a strategy based view of liberty. Where, for example, you know, if we wanted to uh, uh, achieve a libertarian solution, I agree with like the Reason Foundation, many of the Reason Foundation people, and the Institute for Justice in their approach that they say, "Oh, well, we're going to go fight it at the Supreme Court," and it, it's it, if just like with Jim Crow, for example. If, I, I don't give a shit about states' rights if you're taking away the rights of minorities in a state. The federal government is there to, to step in and ensure that the privileges and immunities and rights of all people are going to be protected in your state right? The Second Amendment, you know, through Heller versus D.C. and the Supreme Court decisions like Chicago versus McDonald and other gun control cases have been, you know, incorporating the Bill of Rights, the Second Amendment into the states. You know, the state of New York has had to fight time and time again in court because rather than believing in a a pure state's rights view of things, I'm looking at a pure strategy for liberty type things. And what I really want to see is the outcome, you know, not, not so much the means, although I think, you know, courts, you know, three branches of government that are, um, antagonistic to one another is a good, you know, and bicameralism are good things. You know, I, I think that too often libertarians try and, uh, t- um, take a doctrinal approach to, uh, uh, advancing liberty as if the system that you, if you just put the right system in place, like will achieve some utopian version, maybe I'm being a little hyperbolic, but I think not. Um, and so those are the changes that have sort of occurred in my thinking over the years. And, and I, I, I have Judge Napolitano on the show all the time. And he, frankly, he agrees with me on many many of those things. The immigration turn that the right has taken has also been quite uh, distressing as well. Um, although it looks like, damn it, I'm not going to have time to talk about it. I got to go, Chris. Uh, I want to give you the last word, though. Tell us what you're up to. Uh, where can people find out more about you and listen to your Chris Spangle show?
0: Yeah, you can uh, find all my projects at Chris-Spangle.com. You can grab the link to the podcast there. Just search for Chris Spangle in your podcast app. I've got the Chris Spangle show. Um, I'm going to revamp uh, L- Liberty Explained. And I'm I'm doing a lot of interviews right now about um, topics that are under-discussed that are important, as well as examining current events. We're going to be doing more on principles uh and kind of the conversation we've had today so please check it out love for you to join those and then check out podcasting and platforms uh that is my podcast on how to create podcasts how to create a platform like uh i've built and like austin's built so thanks for having me on i really appreciate it man
1: great stuff chris i hope that you'll come back again and join us really soon this was a great discussion thank you for your time
0: anytime buddy